0: are listening to TKO on CFRU Radio, 93.3 FM in Guelph, Ontario, and available worldwide at CFRU.ca. What is happening, everybody? What is good? It's your girl, Janine Red, right here on TKO. As you already know, here on TKO, all we talk about is mixed martial arts, also known as MMA, and other combat sports, too. We also discuss the issues that surround the world of fighting and talk about notable fighters and athletes and how they all got started in the game and where they are now. So, hey y'all, happy mid of December, I guess. I mean, okay, like I've said many times on the show, if you are a university student specifically... I know the horrible time that you're going through right now, but it's almost over. The exam period is almost over, at least if you're listening to this and you are a University of Guelph student out there. You know, I get your struggle and I know it's the last few days of the exam period and we will all get through this. And if you're listening to this right now and you are not a student, I still get you because it's that time of the year, man. I totally understand. Everybody has their own thing, has their own challenges and, you know, things at work or whatever you do. I understand it. It's, it's not necessarily the best time of the year. But let us neutralize that with the, with some holiday cheer and some of the great things that are happening in the world of combat sports right now. I mean, thanks. To the MMA gods and the boxing gods because they almost never disappoint, especially when it comes to this time of the year, especially when it comes to the end of the year. You know, usually around December time, because, like we've said many times, you know, we've already had some very, very good um, fight cards so far in the month of December, and they've actually never disappointed. and uh, i'm I'm so pumped up for w- some of the other fight cards that are actually going to be featured throughout the next couple of weeks towards the end of this year. I mean, 2018 has been a great year in terms of combat sports. We've we've actually witnessed so many great things. I think for our last episode of the year, I will be doing like a top 10 moments or like a top five moments or at least fights of the year of 2018. I feel like there were so many fights that actually happened. And because, you know, they, they were really great. But then so many other great fights actually took place afterwards that we almost forgot forgot about some of those other good ones that happened previously so I feel like it would be really worthwhile if we just just go back and you know reminisce a little bit about about some of the good fights that actually took place over this past year so yes I think we'll be doing that on our last episode of the year and like I was saying, man, you know, don't let all the all the hard work and all the stress get to you because like I said, the MMA gods and the boxing gods love us and, um, you know, they're here to treat us with just a bit more... Great fights and um, you know All the great things that are actually going to be coming up In the next couple of weeks So having said all that So this weekend I think Yes so this weekend like before we Not only do we have MMA Coming up but we also have great Boxing coming up so in terms of MMA of course we have Another UFC fight night that's going To be happening in Milwaukee And okay I actually Didn't know that this fight was happening Because it was almost overshadowed by by some of the other great fight cards that uh, that were happening in the world of MMA, so I actually did not find out about this fight card, this particular fight card, until I was watching UFC 231 uh, over this past Saturday, and um, they just randomly brought up the ad for this upcoming UFC fight night, and I was like, man, how could I not know about this fight night, because it's featuring so many great fights, and actually, so this fight, the Milwaukee fight card is going to be headlined by a great bout between Kevin Lee And Al Iaquenta I mean how could you have this as a Headline and not even get to promote This whole fight card At least once like why do you actually Have to start just start Promoting it just a week before the Fight so you know That's that's uh, the UFC's mistake That's uh, they their blame to, to, to actually take Because um, you know that does not Take anything away from how Talented and great of fighters Kevin Lee and Alia Quinta are. And not only that, but there's so many other great fights also happening on the same card. And depending on how much time we're going to have for today, we may be talking about them, but rest assured, we're definitely going to be breaking down this fight between Kevin Lee and Alia Quinta, which is actually coming up this upcoming Saturday on December 15th. Okay, so that's the M- like the most important MMA card that we have coming up for this upcoming weekend. And then, like I said, of course, we have boxing. And this particular boxing card as well, I'm actually pretty surprised because it hasn't been that promoted. Okay? So, I don't know what is going on uh, with the promotional companies nowadays, but in case you did not know, well, Canelo Alvarez is actually going to be fighting again this upcoming weekend, and he's going to be fighting off against Rocky Fielding from the UK. And like I said, man, I don't know why Goldenwood promote the the company that actually promotes Canelo Alvarez and his fights I don't know why they actually haven't put an effort to promote and market this fight, this brand new fight of Canelo's because you know Canelo is their quote unquote golden boy, their poster boy and uh, if, if any promotion is actually going on in, in golden boy promotions it has to be directed towards Canelo Alvarez or at least that's how we've seen things have actually been working out When it came to promoting fighters who were actually fighting on behalf of Golden Boy Promotions. But hey man, do not let that disappoint you. Because not only in this fight do we have Kinewa Alvarez fighting. Who we know how great of a boxer he actually is. But we also have Rocky Fielding. Who I think is actually a very underrated fighter in the middleweight division. And I feel like that is mainly because he hasn't really a lot recently, and, you know, most mostly when we talk about the middleweight division in boxing, we usually talk about guys like Canelo himself, or, you know, even guys like Gennady Golovkin, Billy Joe Saunders, I don't know, David Lemieux, we talk a lot about those guys, but not necessarily Rocky Fielding, and like I said, man, this fight is going to be really interesting because... It's not going to be an easy fight for either one of these fighters. And I will actually tell you why that is the case in a few moments, so you better stay tuned. Like I said, you know, Canelo is a great fighter, but this is not necessarily going to be an easy fight for him. Okay, so uh, I will definitely talk about that in a few moments, plus that breakdown for UFC fight night in Milwaukee. So like I said, that is pretty much what we have lined up for today in terms of breakdowns. So without further ado, let's get started. Okay, so... Actually, before we get started, I really want to b- <laughs> talk about and almost a little bit reminisce about the phenomenal fight card that happened over this past weekend just over in Toronto. So shout out to UFC 231. Um, if you guys actually did have the chance to buy your tickets and go and watch the fights in in, in in person, well, shout out to you as well because I'm pretty sure you were not disappointed when you were in the arena. So uh, I actually started watching the fights from the preliminaries. And like I said, I was not disappointed, and this was one of those fight cards that was actually stacked from the beginning. And I, I honestly enjoyed myself. It was very, very interesting how each and every fight was actually playing out, and each each fighter was actually fighting like it, like their life actually depended on it. And I really, really enjoyed that. And um, some of the most memorable moments for me, well, first of all, um, shout out to Elias Theodoro, who was fighting on the preliminary card. And um, I'm going to be totally honest with you guys. I, I Listen, I really like Elias Theodoro, especially because he's a fellow Canadian fighter. Shout out to him. But coming into this fight, especially because he was fighting a knockout guy and a very strong and um, powerful knockout artist, I was actually a bit worried for him, but he was fighting so, so interestingly because, you know, you know how Elias Theodore usually fights because he usually fights in a very unorthodox and really awkward way because he he's constantly moving around and he's not necessarily having his guard up and he's just, you know, even though he's not necessarily throwing the most, Effective punches, but whatever he's doing, he's trying to neutralize his opponent and even though the things that he was doing you know he wasn't necessarily hitting and and punching his opponent but what he was doing you know when he was throwing those shots that weren't really being absorbed by his opponent they were actually being successful because they kept his opponent away and that is definitely what he wanted in this fight because if his opponent Eric Andrews was even to get a bit close to him well the fight was going to be over for Elias Theodoro but he knew what he was doing even though it might it might have looked a bit awkward, like I said, from the outside. I mean, that's at least how I was looking at the fight for the first two rounds. It looked really, really weird because, you know, Elias was just, you know, moving around and, he, you know, his his limbs were really loose. And, you know, it, it, it's not the usual way that you see fighters fights, especially in an MMA fight. So from that aspect it was a bit weird but it was working for Elias Theodoro and then in the very uh, in the in the last round yes in the last round he brought it on and he showed that he has power and um I feel like because of all the things that Elias was doing for the first two rounds his opponent Eric anders he he was just a bit tired and he almost lost his confidence, he could say. So he, even though Elias was actually fighting with him, you know, one-to-one in this last round, he Eric Anders just didn't know what else to do because he felt like every single weapon that he was using for the whole fight had actually been neutralized. So because of that, Elias Theodora actually dominated. And not only that, but I feel like it's also worth mentioning that Elias actually took a lot of shots. I'm talking about a lot of shots to the head. And yet, he never even, like, went down to the canvas to, like, guard his head and, you know, look look at the referee to potentially finish the fight for him. He never did that. And I always talk about Elias Theodora's perseverance, and um, this was not an exception tonight. And, uh, you know, like I said, shout out to Elias Theodora. He won that fight and i just want to give a big shout out to him because i was actually really surprised with the way that fight turned out for him and the way his usual style actually helped him out in this particular fight so there was that, and then, yeah, there were so many other great fights happening. Um, I think it's really interesting to talk about that particular fight between Gunnar Gunner Nelson and um, Cowboy Oliveira. So that fight, I actually was rooting for Cowboy Oliveira to, to win the fights because, um, like I said, he's also really persevering as well, and... Um, He has everything that a mixed martial artist should have. He has the jiu-jitsu and he has the striking. But I was actually really um, impressed by how Gunnar Nelson took um, a cowboy down to the canvas. And then Gunnar actually took a lot of shots to the head himself And he did not. He he did not fall down, and he did not get wobbled even a little bit. So when they were on the ground, uh, Gunnar Nelson got to the top position, um, and he actually took that opportunity. I feel like he could have easily just um, uh, he could have chosen an easier route to to um, turn the fight in his own advantage. So what he did when he went to the top when he was in that particular position on the ground with cowboy it was a very risky move yet he actually did it and when he did it he threw an elbow and that was the elbow that ended everything because that elbow that gunner nelson threw towards cowboy's forehead it, it sliced it open and uh, I, I don't want to talk too graphic here but there was a, a lot of blood okay there was a lot of blood coming out of Cowboy's forehead and um, a lot of people are saying that Cowboy actually tapped because of the position that he was in necessarily when Gunnar Nelson was was um, uh, dealing with him, grappling with him, but he actually never tapped and um, you can actually go back and watch the video for that fight. Yes, he was in a submission position, but he was not tapping. And the main reason why the referee actually stopped the fight was because of all that blood that was coming out and, you know, things were getting slippery and um, it, it was just not healthy and safe for Cowboy himself. And so the referee stopped the fight, and yeah, Gunnar Nelson won the fight. But still, uh, I feel like this fight actually does deserve a rematch because it, it was it was a very fair fight for both of these guys. Especially Cowboy was he was he was having a good performance un- until that horrible moment when his forehead was actually cut open uh, but other than that you know I I would be uh, really impressed if the UFC actually comes out with a rematch between these two guys because it would be be a fair thing to have and then of course how do you not talk about the co-main event of the evening which was the fight between Valentina Shevchenko and Ioana Young-Jajak I like both of these ladies and how they fight Um, however because this fight was actually at 125 pounds um, Yoani on Jajek had to gain weight from 115 pounds to go to 125. But Valentin Shevchenko, she had to lose 10 pounds from 135 pounds to 125 pounds. And even if you look at the physique of these ladies, you could tell that Valentina Shevchenko may be the stronger fighter because of the belts that she has and because she originally comes from a heavier weight class. And, you know, just to do that, you know, it's obviously going to be so much easier for her to to do things like takedowns. And, All the things that you need uh, to—you need power, force. Okay, so because of that, especially in this particular fight against Joanna, she was having a lot of success with um, um, hip throws and um, takedowns that she was attempting. Most of them, um, they were actually successful. And, um, she, overall, like I said, she just had more power than Ioana young jjack and so because of that, she won that fight through unanimous decision, I believe, and, uh, overall, it was a nice fight, however, uh, it would be really interesting to see how Valentina Shevchenko holds up against someone Who's, who's coming from the same level as her, not saying that Ioana Janjejic was necessarily at a lower level uh, of fighting, not, not saying that at all. I'm just saying Ioana Janjejic was a smaller girl and smaller lady in this in this particular fight. So it would be fair for Yuana to fight someone else who also comes up a weight division from 115. It would be interesting to see how she does in that particular fight, but for Valentina Shevchenko, if you if you really want to give her a good matchup, it would be really fair to bring someone down from 135 pounds to 100, 125 to see how she actually fights that person and if she's actually going to demonstrate the same amount of power and skill that she did in this fight against Joanna young So that's my suggestion for the UFC. But we'll see how things work out for both of these ladies. But shout out to both ladies. I I really, really enjoyed that fight. And of course, how could you not talk about the main event of the evening? Now, I, I know a lot of people were actually rooting for Brian Ortega because of his... Uh, outstanding Brazilian jiu-jitsu skills and listen not to take anything away from Brian Ortega of course if you I, f- I feel like if you do get into a street fight with Brian Ortega he is for sure going to use his Brazilian jiu-jitsu and um, do something random to, to just choke you out of course y- you will not even see it coming and that that is the case in a real fight however in this particular fight against Max Holloway you know, there's rules and there's a cage around you. And um, you have to use every single weapon that you have in possession in order to dominate over your opponent. And I'm not exactly sure what actually happened with Brian Ortega that night because he he didn't even use his Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu skills. I feel like it was mainly because he saw Max Holloway, of course, using his usual um, a method of um, just striking with his opponents first, and maybe he wanted to prove to the world that hey, you know, I can strike too. So maybe that is why he he tried to respond back with his own way of striking, but unfortunately, it was just not being effective. And after that didn't work out for him, Brian Ortega tried for multiple takedowns, but then Max Holloway was actually able to stuff all of those takedowns. And uh, I just feel like his confidence went down. Brian Ortega's confidence went way down. And I feel like I, I, I don't want to like put blame on other people in his camp, but I feel like it was his trainer's responsibility to actually give him a good game plan to to tell him, listen, if you do plan A and it doesn't work out, you can actually uh, off, of course move on to plan B. So if you if you try to strike with him and it doesn't work out, just go for those takedowns if number one doesn't work out try for number two or even three out of like 10 at least two are gonna work out and i feel like that was the thing that that the trainers actually had to tell keep on telling brian ortega but for some reason they just didn't and uh, i was actually a bit mad at his at his corner and his team because that's the least that you can do as someone who's actually cornering your man, the, your fighter, and um, you have to say those things. You have to direct and guide your your fighter properly in a fight. You can't just just be like because Brian Ortega he actually took a lot of shots in the in the first and second round. I, I believe in the first thing. That his trainer says to him when he comes back to his corner is that, hey, listen, you have three more rounds. Well, yes, of course, he has three more rounds. But do you have any like directions to give him or any recommendations? You have to do that, man. Like you, you, I'm, I'm pretty sure this is not the first time that you're training someone, you're cornering someone. You have to give them proper directions. And so because of that, um, unfortunately, Uh, Brian Ortega just kept on taking shots one after another and when he went back to his corner I think after the third round or I'm not exactly sure if it was the third round or the fourth round but the doctor came in and he said that the fight had to be stopped because his eye was really horribly swollen up and I could not have agreed anymore because he was taking so many shots and he was not defending those shots and Listen, coming from a neuroscience background, I know how much brain damage is actually associated with all of those t- shots that you're absorbing to the head. And it's just horrible to watch. And I'm just happy that the uh, the doctor actually stopped the fight. So Max won that fight. Uh, listen, he is a very, very talented striker and a very talented mixed martial artist. But listen, if if Brian Ortega by any chance is actually listening to this right now, listen, Brian. Okay, do not let that disappoint you or or just discourage you from 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 everything that you've worked for so far in your mixed martial arts career, because that only is supposed to make you better. And um, like Bruce Lee says, uh, you know, defeat is just a state of mind. And and you have to take everything that you can and, and and just learn from your mistakes and your losses and you know just just uh, try to look back at the tape of the fight and try to determine what things you you really need to work on for your upcoming fights because he he really has that um uh, athletic good athleticism in him and he definitely does show that he has a really tough chin on him of course he absorbed all of those shots and he didn't really fall down so he has those basic things in him. He just has to work on his own skills and his own um, fight strategies when whenever he actually comes into a fight to, to fight any opponent of his. So that's my suggestion to Brian Ortega. But listen, man, I hope you heal up well and you get back in the gym ASAP and um, you just do your thing, man. So shout out to both guys. Shout out to Max Holloway and Brian Ortega. They're both Champions in my eyes And also speaking of brain damage and all those Things um, so um, I'm not Exactly sure what the recent update Is with the Canadian boxer And former light heavyweight champion Adonis Stevenson But like I told you guys before Last week um, he is In a stable condition However we are not necessarily Updated with the most recent Update but like I said Guys let's not forget Him And um, let us all keep him in our thoughts and prayers because, you know, even though he is in a stable condition, he still needs our our, our prayers. And um, he needs to fight through this. So let's not forget about Adonis Stevenson. There's that man. Oh, man, I talked about that a lot. Okay, so I'm just going to (laughs) briefly break down um, the fights that I told you guys I'm going to break down. So actually, I'm going to break down the fight uh, between Canelo and Rocky Fielding first. So, we all know how things are with Canelo. Canelo, he recently fought uh, uh, Gennady Golovkin Triple G. And that was actually a very controversial fight because it was a very close fight. But the judges actually gave the fight to Canelo Alvarez. So now Canelo is the new middleweight champion. He has so many belts with him. And he's just trying to get more fights. And of course to to potentially later on move on to other weight divisions. And even dominate over those weight divisions. So now he's supposed to be fighting Rocky Fielding. So I'm It would be nice to talk about Rocky Fielding's style first. So, Rocky Fielding, he's actually so much taller than Canelo Alvarez. And uh, if you look at his fights, he really he really loves to go for the body first, so he throws a lot of hooks to the body and a lot of liver shots first, and then after he he breaks down you um, uh, 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 in, in a bodily manner, then he goes for the head, and he targets the head, and so there's a saying in boxing, I'm not sure if you heard it, if you kill the body, the head will go next, and so that is exactly what Rocky Fielding tends to do, so he goes goes for body shots first and then after you take all those body shots and of course you're hurting and you're in so much agony then he goes for the head because y- you know you're you're it's taking your attention away from defending your head so while you're trying to defend the body you're not obviously defending the head so he goes for the head and he scores his knockdowns and not only that but his um, left hooks are actually really really strong and um, even if he wants to try the left hook on your, on your head, they're actually also pretty successful by themselves, even if no body shots are involved. So that's usually what he uses when he wants to knock out an opponent. So that's the style usually with um, Rocky Fielding. And we all know Canelo. Canelo, as of recently especially, he, he's really cautious with his, bo- uh, he, with his shots. And um, he only throws the most efficient shots doesn 't just throw anything that he has uh, um, you know in him he waits and waits and waits for the best opportunity and um, you can say you can argue that he 's a counter puncher, but whenever he does throw a punch, he throws it with so much power and so it would be interesting to see how Rocky fielding is going to hold up in this fight against canelo especially because, like I said, Canelo is the shorter guy in this fight, and um, it would be it would be really logical for Canelo Alvarez to throw a lot of body shots, okay, because because of his short stature, and uh, it would be the most accessible place for him to, to shoot his shots at, right? And so because of that, it would be really interesting to see how um, Rocky Fielding is going to hold up in this fight, and... Uh, how Rocky Fielding himself is going to take this fight against Canelo because you know, is he going to necessarily go for the body or is he just going to go for the head and is he going to stay on the outside so that Canelo Alvarez um, doesn't really get to even touch him. be really interesting to see how things play out in this particular fight but overall like I said definitely do give this fight a watch it will be on December 15th The same night as UFC Fight Night in Milwaukee. Unfortunately, I don't think we're going to have time to talk about the Kevin Lee and Al Quanta fights. But rest assured that this fight itself is also going to be really interesting. So definitely, if you have time, watch both of these fights. Both UFC Fight Night in Milwaukee and the Canelo Alvarez and Rocky Fielding fights. And, man, I'm just looking at the clock right now. And, unfortunately, that is all the time that we're going to have for this week. You already know, man. Make sure you go to CFRU.ca to catch up with our previous episodes. And you can also go to SoundCloud and iTunes to catch up with our previous episodes as well. And until next time, it's your girl, Janan, right here. And this is TKO. Peace out.